The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Speaking and listening. They're important parts in communication. But which is more important? To speak or to listen? Is it more important that you as an employer effectively communicate your expectations to your employees? Or is it more important that you, the employee, just heard what your boss told you to do? People have struggled to find a good balance. Which is more important? Maybe you've heard the old adage, wise men speak because they have something to say, but fools speak because they have to say something. And the Greek philosopher Epictetus chimes in, we have two ears and one mouth so that we listen twice as much as we speak. But in our relationship with God, do we speak more than we listen? Now, I'm not talking about bringing things to God in prayer. That's a good thing. The reality is we live in a broken world. We, we see the problems around us. We see the problems inside of us. And we bring those things to God. But what I am talking about is when we speak more than we listen to God. Are we giving him the chance to have him have his say? Are we speaking more than we're listening? As we consider effective communication with God today, it's important to remember to let Jesus do the talking. Now, at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's a man on the move. He's traveling all over Palestine. Our text today tells us that he starts in a city called Tyre, right on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. From Tyre, he travels north up to Sidon, then he goes down to the Sea of Galilee, and he goes north and ends up in an area called the Decapolis. It's a confederation of ten cities. Now, you might look at Jesus' route, and you might say that it's kind of all over the place. It's, it, it's not a direct route by any stretch. If I were to take this route, it would maybe look like starting in Atlanta, going up to Marietta, down to Covington, and then ending up here in Sharpsburg. And you might say, Vicar, are, are you lost? You have an iPhone that can get you places. But Jesus isn't lost. No, he's taking the time to bring his message to the places and people who desperately need it. And that's where we find this man today. Here's a man whose ears didn't work. His tongue had trouble forming words. But watch, watch what happens when this man listens to Jesus. Jesus' ministry is reaching the height of its popularity. Where Jesus goes, there the crowds follow. And today is no different. When the crowd finds out Jesus is in the area, they flock to him. They clamor for Jesus because they've heard what he can do. They've heard that Jesus 
can cure diseases. He can restore sight just with a touch of his hand. He is no ordinary doctor. They've heard the reports, the good news about him. And so they bring this man to Jesus today, just as a patient might travel the country to find the top surgeon in the field. They bring him before Jesus and they beg him, Jesus, place your hand on this man. That's what he needs. Heal him. But do you notice who's doing the talking? In this moment, it's, it's the crowd. They come to Jesus and they, they beg him to heal this man. Place your hand on him, Jesus. And that's good. But did you notice that they told Jesus how to do his job? It, it, it would be like a patient showing up in a doctor's office and describing what hurts and then telling the doctor what kind of operation he needs. The results could be disastrous. But do we sometimes do the same thing? When we take our problems to Jesus, we come to him, we bring him that thing that's hurting, the thing that is broken in our lives, do we end up telling him how to fix it? Heal it in this way, Jesus. Fix fix it, but on my timeline. Do this and make me whole. Are we just a patient telling the doctor what to do? Are we listening more than, are we speaking more than we should be? But Jesus doesn't listen to the crowd's prescription. Instead, he takes the man aside, away from the crowd and away from the noise. He takes his hands and he puts his fingers in the man's ears. He spits and with it he touches the man's tongue. He looks up to heaven, a reminder that his power comes from his heavenly Father. He's not just another magic man peddling his own tricks. He looks at the man and he sighs with compassion when he sees what sin has done. And then he speaks. He speaks a word in Aramaic, Ephatha, which means be opened. And that's what happens. Suddenly the man's ears open. His tongue is loosened. His silent world rushes with sound. And the bonds that held his tongue in place, they're gone. What would this have been like to have everything changed in an instant? You know how parents wait months for their kids to say their first words? Usually it's something adorable like mama or dada. This man had been waiting his whole life just to say his first word. He had waited for so long just to hear someone say his name. And here it was. It it was happening. If that word, Ephatha, was the first word that man had ever heard, it must have been the sweetest sound to his ears. And even though Jesus' healing technique wasn't really what the crowd asked for or even expected, Jesus' actions spoke volumes that day. The prophet Isaiah had said there would come a time when the eyes of the blind will be opened, 
The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer, and the mute tongue will shout for joy. It was happening. Jesus' actions proved that he was this Messiah Isaiah was talking about. The one who heals and restores, who takes the things that are broken and fixes them. His actions spoke so loudly. He knew. He knew how to heal the man. He knew what was best for him. And dear friends, Jesus knows what's best for us. He knows exactly how to heal us when he looks at our problems, at the things that are broken in our lives. And sometimes the brokenness of this world seems to suffocate us and we forget. We, we forget who Jesus is and what he came to do. And we doubt. We look around at headlines and they proclaim the problems of the world and we start to worry. But Jesus asks us to listen, to trust in him and who he is. Now, by the time the man is speaking, the crowd is back and they're talking again. They can't believe what Jesus has done. This man's identity has completely changed. Before, he was just the man who was defined by the fact that he couldn't speak, he couldn't hear. Now, he, here he was, completely changed before them. They chatter about what Jesus has done, this victorious, healing doctor Messiah. They're amazed. He has done all things well, they say, and they can't wait to tell everyone about it. But then Jesus commands them not to speak. He doesn't want them to get the wrong idea about who he is. The crowd just wants a Messiah who comes in power, this doctor Messiah who is victorious. They're not interested in Jesus' plan. They're not interested in a, a Savior who comes in weakness to suffer and die. And so they gush with amazement. They see Jesus' actions as this fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, and they're just not listening. But you know who was? It was the man. Before his ears were working, he was listening. He was listening with the ears of faith. He was listening because he trusted who Jesus was. He knew that Jesus could choose to heal his disabilities if he chose to. But more than that, he knew Jesus as the Savior from sin from everything that was broken in this man's life. And maybe it's not your ears. Maybe it's not your tongue. Maybe it's something else. But one thing is for sure, we are broken. We're broken by sin, and some things seem beyond repair. Jesus, heal my marriage. Make me whole again. Jesus, cure me of this disease. It's more than I can bear. Fix it in this way. Are we speaking? Are we listening? Are we just looking for that quick fix and forgetting what Jesus really came to do? Now, let's not get the wrong idea about Jesus. 
Because he can fix your marriage. He can cure you of that disease. But he doesn't guarantee that he will. Not this side of heaven. But when Jesus healed the man that day, he did make a guarantee. He guaranteed that healing is on its way. He guaranteed that God would come to save his his people from their sin, from everything that broke them. And that's why Jesus came to earth. Not in the way the world prescribed, but exactly in the way the world needed. He looked at us in our sinful state. He saw what was broken in our lives, and he had compassion. He came to earth, and he suffered silently for us. He didn't object to taking on our brokenness. He suffered for us, and his actions spoke the loudest when he gave his life so that we could live. He opened up the way to heaven. He healed our relationship with God. A 2015 study done by psychologists says that repeating misinformation doesn't make it any more true, but it does make it more likely to be believed. And I think that's the devil's tactic. In our lives, he speaks to us through that nagging voice, and he reminds us of the things we've done, the things that no one else could know. And sometimes we get selective hearing, and we only listen to that voice. Pretty soon we're weighted down by what he has to say. But dear friends, in those moments, Listen to Jesus' voice. Hear him say, it is finished. It's over. Satan has nothing to say to you anymore. All you have to do is listen to what Jesus has done. We're forgiven. We're set free. Released to rejoice in what he's done for us. So bring that brokenness to him. Listen to what he's done. Jesus' healing of the man was life-changing, not just for the man that day, but for us, too. It was the guarantee that a permanent time of healing is coming, where no brokenness can touch us. And Jesus proved that he is who he said he is. And that means that even if we aren't healed of whatever hurts us today, the time is coming when it will be. And until that time, we can patiently wait and listen. So listen to Jesus. Listen to what he's done. His words and his actions, they speak so loudly. Amen.